This podcast is going to cover Chapter 3, The Skills Approach to Leadership, uh, from the text Leadership Theory and Practice, 7th edition by Peter Northhouse. So, uh, we've talked about at this point the trait perspective, and uh, we're going to talk about the skills approach next. So, the skills approach, uh, in terms of chronologically, when these theories kind of developed in time, came uh, after the trait approach. If you recall, the trait approach was the idea of the great man theory, the idea if we could just figure out which traits... Uh, certain, you know, which traits were predictive of great leaders, then we would, uh, you know, get those get those individuals early in their lives and really help groom them to be leaders. And unfortunately, <clears throat> or fortunately, however you want to look at it, that never really worked out. So while it's true that most leaders, most successful leaders do have certain traits, certain traits don't predict who's going to be a great leader. So the next kind of wave of theories that went through was this skills-based approach, right? Um, so if you look at skills versus traits, that's probably the first thing we want to talk about. Um, traits are typically seen as, um, um, fixed quantities. So you're born with certain traits or you develop them at a very early age. Things like personality are considered traits, things you can't really change. Um, <clears throat> whereas, uh, skills are malleable, right? Skills are something you develop and you improve upon. So skills are something you could train someone in. So there's your difference between skills and traits. You know, skills we're really talking about your kind of your capabilities, whereas um, ability, whereas um, traits are more fixed, right? So there's um, in the original kind of skills theory, uh, it was done by Katz in '55. There was this um, focus on three different skill sets. So just like um, in the behavioral theories for leadership, most Leadership, you know, broke down into either individualized consideration or um, initiating structure. So it was either relationship-oriented behaviors leaders produced or task-oriented behaviors leaders produced. Well, similarly, um, when you look at the skills, they broke down into three categories. You have technical skill, human skill, and conceptual skill. Technical skill is uh, dealing with things. So um, technical skills would obviously be, um, you know, things like computer programming would be a technical skill or, um, you know, engineering or nursing, or, you know, all these are all technical skills, things you have to know how to do. Human skills are your capability in interacting with people, um, and then conceptual skills is interacting with ideas, right? So are you able to think in terms of concepts, abstract thoughts, come up with, with uh, ideas and proposals and, um, you know, argue the merits, the pros and the cons of things? That's conceptual skill. So depending upon what Katz found is depending upon what level of management you're in, you utilize different uh, amounts or um, different um, levels of these skills. When you're at the supervisory management position, the first line managers, when you first start taking on management roles, you typically still have to produce a lot of technical skills. So even though you're managing people, you still have to be able to um, be technically proficient. You also have to be proficient uh, with your human skills but less so with conceptual skills because you're really not working as much with big ideas as you are managing people and making sure they do what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, middle management, you start to see a shift and you see equal levels of technical, human, and conceptual uh, start to uh, play out. And then in top management, C-suite level, uh, these type of roles, most of these folks really don't use many technical skills. You won't, you know, you may find a CEO whose background is in accounting, but that, that, that individual is, is not likely to be doing accounting in his current CEO role, right? So his technical skills are not being used as much. He's 
he or she is much more likely to be using human skills and conceptual skills at, at that level of management. Um, so anyway, so we talked about you know what are technical skills, uh, talked about human skills, and talked about you know what are conceptual skills. Um, Mumford, uh, another researcher, came up with a different uh, skills approach called the skills-based model, the, uh, the skills model perspective. And uh, Mumford and colleagues, they looked at, uh, they, they broke down skills into um, so some different categories. And, and they looked at companies in terms of individual attributes, leadership outcomes, career experiences, and environmental influences. And, um, you know, if you look at figure 3.2 in your text, it's got a nice model of this where it shows how individual attributes, things like your personality, more fixed uh, entities, things like general cognitive ability, um, motivation, lead to competencies or skill sets. And those skills, um, according to Mumford, instead of doing human, technical, and conceptual, Mumford and colleagues had problem solving, social judgment, and knowledge skills or competencies. And then these skills in turn lead to certain leadership outcomes, like are you effective at problem solving and are you, you know, what, what is your level of performance as a leader? So the competency skills, again, you got problem solving, social judgment, and knowledge. Problem solving is pretty self-explanatory. Your ability to, to solve new, unique, unusual problems uh, as they arise. Social judgment, your capacity and ability to understand people and social systems. And that actually involves, you know, according to Mumford, four components perspective-taking ability, social perceptiveness, behavioral flexibility, and social performance. And then knowledge is the third skill set, and this is the accumulation of information. Um, so not only is it the, the, the information you accumulate over time, the, the literal knowledge that you accumulate, but also as you become more of an expert, you organize that knowledge in your mind uh, in more sophisticated ways, right? So you can think about problems differently uh, more deeply and more efficiently than a novice who's the first time they've encountered that. So even your knowledge structure changed, not just the amount of knowledge you have, but the structure has changed. Um, as I mentioned, individual, individual attributes um, you know, contribute to the level of skills that you see uh, leaders develop. This is cognitive ability. Um, <clears throat> cognitive ability is, is generally considered um, heavily biologically based, and it's kind of your, your uh, horsepower your capacity. Um, crystallized cognitive ability, on the other hand, is, is your learning, right? So over time, as you, as you get older, your crystallized cognitive ability will continue to increase because you're learning more and you're developing more as you grow and get older uh, up until, you know, really old age. Whereas general cognitive ability only increases from the time you're born for a fairly small amount of time in your younger years, and then it kind of peaks out. And then after that, we, we lose uh, you know, general cognitive mental ability, so kind of horsepower. Um, motivation, clearly, you know, in order for a leader to, to engage in these skills, they have to be motivated. And then personality, which we kind of talked about, we talked about the trait theories, right? And then in terms of leadership outcomes, you've got problem solving, which like I said, is the, both the originality and the quality of these solutions you're able to develop around problems your organization faces. And then also performance, like how are you rated as a leader? So, for instance, this could be performance evaluations that other people are giving you. It could also be things like, um, you know, profitability of your company. It could be total sales of your district. You know, it could be lots of things that are used to determine, you know, whether you've been successful in, as a leader, right? Could be, could be how many 
of your subordinates get promoted, right? That's, that's a leadership measure. So these are the things that we're looking, term, looking at in terms of outcomes. Um, and again, here's just a, a nice um, illustration of the model. And you'll see career experiences and environmental influences also um, play a role in um, competencies, individual attributes, and your leadership uh, outcomes. Um, so how does the skills approach work? Like I said, the focus of the skills approach is really, it's pretty descriptive. It describes uh, leadership from a skills perspective, um, provides a structure for understanding the nature of effective leadership. Um, whether you look at Katz or Mumford, you know, they're, they're really not that different in terms of their conceptualization of what are the leadership skills. It's just they break them down a little differently. Um, you know, Katz called them human, technical, conceptual. You know, Mumford calls them problem solving, um, you know, uh, et cetera. Um, social judgment, knowledge, <clears throat> but they're pretty similar in terms of their, their what you know what they're suggesting, and that is that you can improve these skills over time. So the strengths are, uh, for one thing, that you can improve on these. So this is a good training model in the sense that you can improve on them. Um, it provides a consistent structure with leadership education programs. So if you want to build a program, you can build them around these strengths. It also talks about how different strength, different skills are important at different levels of leadership, which was a, a big contribution. Um, the criticism is um, they don't tend to predict very well. They don't explain how these skills lead to effective performance. I mean, they kind of do, but not specifically. Um, skills model includes individual attributes that are trait-like. So the idea is it's, you know, if you have good problem-solving skills, that's similar to traits. The difference is we're saying problem-solving can be developed or improved upon, whereas a trait like conscientiousness probably can't. But they're kind of similar, as you can see, right? Um, in terms of application, the skills approach provides a way to delineate the skills of the leader. Um, it's applicable to leaders at all levels within the organization. It's just the different amount of skill may differ depending on which level of leadership you're at. Um, test scores can allow leaders to learn about areas in which they may want to seek more training, right? So if you if you see that you have your skills are not as strong in um, problem solving or in knowledge, maybe that's an area you want to try to beef up in your uh, in your development.